Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Yo, yo, yo. So obviously, we're still entrapped mm-hmm. in our both physical homes and mental homes. Yes. And I had a dream, actually, where I think it had to do with, like, you know, having to stay home. Uh-huh. Because in my dream... We moved to this house yeah. that was like, it kind of reminded me of the um, the house from The Incredibles 2, the house they move into. Okay, yeah. Just imagine that, but with more foliage. Okay. Right? Um, and I don't know why, but we had to live there, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like big and expansive and all this stuff. And it was weird because in the house, like we we all lived, it was like... It was like me, my family, Junior was there, um, and then like my brother's ex was there for some reason. I don't know, but we all have to live in this like big ass mansion. But it was, I think it was like a way for my brain to see like you're doing fine, because even though it was like crowded, because in my dream I was thinking like there's a lot of people here, <clears throat> but as I went to like my own wing of the house or whatever. It was like I was alone. It was like a weird, like it wasn't a nightmare or anything, but it was just like, it's kind of like a weird dream because I think also like the night before I told you like my nephew wanted to play games or shit like that. So in my dream, like we were playing games, although I think I wasn't playing. But then when I left, I tried to go back to my wing, my side of the house, but then my brother's ex was there and she was like bitching and stuff i don't know that's when i end up waking up that's weird that you bring up um like where you you're trying to make sense of like a dream after the fact and then like night okay because on sun sunday night no yeah sunday night monday morning so i went to i, I fell asleep and then i had this like crazy like it wasn't even like that crazy when i thought about it later like it was it it freaked me out like it was like it was a nightmare essentially but it wasn't like it i don't know why it freaked me out so bad because like i woke up in the middle of the night like and crying no but like i watched like a video on youtube just to kind of like calm me down like because every time i went back to to sleep i still like it wanted to Drag me back into that into that same dream for some reason. I don't know. The dream was so weird. It was like it was a movie. I was watching like a movie, but like not that I was watching the movie, but it was like this was a movie that was going on. You know what I mean? Well, anyways, so in the in the story, like there it starts with like a guy and like a girl, and they're like out jogging or something, but then they hear like some commotion or something and the girl goes and she like starts screaming and the guy gets there and there's a dog and it's all like bloody and stuff and i guess it's like his dog 
and he picks it up and leaves. But then it cuts to kids like um like at school and like one they're like trying to round them up and like the teachers are i think it's like before like school just started and like he sees one of the kids like up on like by some trees and i think he's in like a wheelchair or something but like he's like hey you like like you, you need to like come down but then like he like points and there's like some some commotion in like the other trees and so they rush over there and I don't know if it becomes, if it like turned into like a building, but they look down and like there's like a dead animal on like some like concrete stairs and like they see something like leave. And then the guy like turns around and he's looking up in the trees and he's like in the, I couldn't see what he saw, but he saw something and it freaked him out. And all of a sudden, like something fell into his eyes and he's like rubbing his eyes. And then it cuts to, they're at like, uh, an office building and someone died and th- and then that's when i woke up i exactly so what you're saying is you watch too many art house horror films probably and now all you do is dream about them probably because because it, it kind of sounds like um the beginning of super bad times but also like mixed with like the outsider and and oh, what was the other movie i was like thinking that i was like Oh, the killing boy. of a sacred deer. It kind of feels like it felt like that. But yeah, no, I, I woke up and it really freaked me out. And the only other time that really happened, there's only been like a couple other times. Um, like the one time where I had an, a dream about an alien on the roof. <laughs> and like it like it was literally on the roof. And me and my brother are trying to like catch it. And we both run outside to try and see it. And it like slides off the, the roof. And I woke up and I was like really freaked out, right? But I go. To, I went to the kitchen to get a drink of water. But this is when they changed the the street lights wow. from like the tungsten to yeah. like the daylight balance or like the white yeah. fluorescent. So I went to the kitchen, but I didn't know that they changed them. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the light is weird. And I was like, "What the fuck?" It like freaked me out because I thought like an alien was there. And then I looked outside and I was like, "Oh, it's just the street light." <laughs> um, like I mean, I've had scary dreams before the funniest one i could i think i told you if where it was like we were at a halloween party and it was a packed halloween party and everyone was like not everyone but a lot of people were dressed up as michael myers but i i went outside in the front and i saw the real michael myers coming and i went to tell everyone and everyone ignored me and i was like he's fucking coming i'm trying to get everyone to leave then he comes in uh-huh. and he starts killing everybody but then the guys thought it was funny, so they were pretending to kill people. So then, like everyone started rushing out and stuff like that. And in the, I mean, in my dream, I was the hero, so I was like trying to get him to chase me, and he almost grabbed me. But like I put my finger in like his eye and stuff, and I fell, and like I was like I thought I got away and stuff. And then I looked back, and you could see him coming. And then like I woke up, and I was like. Like, I was, like, scared, but, like, oh, you know, kind of like, whoa, holy shit. And then the only, well, the only one, the only really intense dream I remember recently, I've told you this before, is, like, the alien attack thing. In my dream, basically, I was going to go see my sister or something, um, and we were on the freeway, and it was, like, sunset almost, but the sky was, like, really bright if that makes any sense 
And all of a sudden, like, I see a bunch of these, like, lights and stuff. And it's like, holy shit, that's kind of weird. Then the lights start to actually take shape and get bigger. And they're, like, actual spaceships. And it's like, holy shit. And I don't remember, like, I can't remember if I go and pick up my sister and then we go home. But either way, we're on our way back. And by this time, there's, like, all these different alien spaceships or whatever. And it's, like, like it was freaky. It was, like, really freaky. And then all of a sudden, like, America came and they had their own spaceships. <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> kind of like Stargate SG-1. Um, and then a whole like huge battle started going off. And so we're like, we got to go. So we're, we drove and we go all the way back to my grandma's house and we're trying to get everyone inside. And they're like, Whoa, this is crazy. I'm like, we got to go inside. And like the, the craziest part about it is I think it brought from every single like space sci-fi thing I ever bought. Cause I'm pretty sure like millennium Falcon was there and shit like that. But there was this huge ass battle, and like when I think about it, I can see it clear as day in my head, like just like, just like lasers and and all this shit, and in the sky and in the dream, like I don't know who was outside, maybe my aunt or cousins or something, but I was trying to get everyone inside, and one of the spaceships crashed like in the back of my grandma's house, like in the back off to the side. And um, it came, like, really close and, like, and knocked us off our feet. And I just remember thinking, like, there's some there's something in there. So I'm, like, rushing them to get inside. And we get inside the house, and it's just, like, shaking the house. And you could hear all the, like, spaceships attacking each other. Then I woke oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, but that one was, like, super fucking intense. Hmm. But it was, like, intriguing because I love that shit. But I'm also terrified of it. <laughs> so it was that. Honestly, that was probably one of my weirdest dreams. And I think I had that dream like two years ago, three years ago. Weird. Yeah. And I still think about it. I never dreamt about it again, but I still think about it a lot. Strange. Yeah. Dreams are pretty fucking crazy. Honestly, though, in this, in this day and age, I think having crazy fucked up dreams is good because it gives you more to think about. That's right? true. It took my mind off of all this. This is the fucking news. Season 2 of The Mandalorian may not be here just yet, but already Disney is moving ahead with the third season. According to a, vari- a Variety report, while the third season of Disney Plus show isn't expected to be released until probably October 2021, series creator John Favreau has been writing season 3 for a while. The report also notes that the art department has been creating concepts for the show for a few weeks and that the show is in its pre-production already. It's not necessarily surprising that there will be a third season of the hit show, but it is somewhat surprising that they're working on the show so early, especially considering the fact that the second season of the show is still um, around four months away. Despite the coronavirus pandemic, season two of the show is still expected to debut in October. Unlike some other shows, production of the show was completed in March, and work like editing and visual effects can be done remotely. It's currently unclear when season three of the show might debut, but considering season one was launched in November 2019, and season two is set for an October 
release. It's possible Disney is targeting a late 2021 release. It's possible, however, that the coronavirus pandemic will cause a delay. I, I do remember, though, like them finishing this last season pretty fast. Mm. So ho- hopefully they could do that again. And honestly, if they push back filming to like early next year, I think they'd still be able to get it done. I think so. Too. I think they would still try. Yeah, I think you. I think well, you're I mean, right. Where they, they would still try to push towards October, November release. But yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this when we talked about the Mandalorian last, where John Favreau I think talked about having ideas for the series, and I'm almost positive that he said. That they have a couple seasons already down, but it just it's all about like, you know, where they go with the with the movies and TV show and what Disney wants and stuff. So it makes me feel good that if he already has an idea for season three, that maybe Disney's allowing him to go a certain way with this series, that hmm. which means that he has a lot of say in what goes on in the Star Wars universe. Right? Yeah. Cause like we talked about a million times before, doesn't matter how shitty you think Disney has handled this, they're the only ones so far has ha, that have put everything in like order. They've put all this stuff together and try to fix it to where it's like, hey, this all makes perfect sense now instead of just kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm. I mean, it gives me good. You know, gives me good vibes that. Not only does he have like a vision for what he wants this series to be, but his vision ties into the greater Star Wars universe, which then means that people are going to follow suit what he's doing. Obviously, if he's bringing in characters like Ahsoka and they know what they're going to do with her, then that means that there's probably bigger lines going through the whole universe, right? I don't know. I'm just glad that they're they're not like I, I'm glad that they have faith enough in him to be like, hey, you do what you got to do. I'm glad that he like has a plan for it, like like laid out where he's like, oh shit, yeah, like yeah, we're done with season two right now, but I already know where season three is going. After Venom won over box offices in 2018, Sony quickly started production on a sequel. While little is known about the film, so uh, for sure, the end credit scene. Spoiler, and Venom made clear Cletus Cassidy, Carnage, will play a key role in the film. And when the movie's newly announced official title, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? It's Venom. Let, let there be Carnage. And that's not a fake. That's not a fake title at all. Um, along with the new title, Sony Pictures also revealed that the film wouldn't be wouldn't debut until October 2nd um, anymore. Instead, uh, wouldn't they wouldn't debut on October 2nd anymore. Uh, instead, the sequel would hit theaters June 25th, um, 2021, due to the, um, the pandemic that's going on right now. The news came a day after it was announced that Robert Pattinson's The Batman also had been pushed back to October 2021 from the expected June... 25th 2021 you know the batman being pushed back is actually cool because it's around halloween yeah and and they're kind of and they're kind of doing the long halloween as yeah 
But um, this Venom news sounds fucking stupid. I know. I know. You know, as someone who's okay with dumb movies, that movie just wasn't good. And like, I'm not saying that it was. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. Like I've seen past movies, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why it's like, oh yeah, this is why Sony shouldn't make these movies no more because they're not good at it. And and it's even oh, we talked about this before, but it's even more slap in the face when it's like you should just focus on the Miles Morales and and the cartoon uh, yeah. Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Because that could be really great. We saw how perfect they did one movie. They have another movie with possibly Oscar Isaac in it, right? So that's that's where you get all your money at. That's where you should be focusing on. Right then, right there. But instead, they're like, yeah, but what about Woody Harrelson playing Carnage? It's like, this sounds, this sounds like an entourage episode <laughs> where they're making a carnage movie and and the main guy is like yeah you think i could play like a spider-man in it and he's like i don't know you, you know you got to talk to woody harrelson he's, he's playing carnage you know what i mean like that's yeah. what it sounds like it or, sounds that fucking it, stupid uh, or honestly it sounds like a 30 rock episode where they're like hey did you hear that they're making another venom it's called let there be carnage Woody Harrelson's going to play Carnage, too. You know, if it was just a single Venom movie they did, I'd be like, that's fine. But the thing is, like, know who Carnage is. And you know the character. Why Woody Harrelson, though? Yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah, me too. But I don't think he... He doesn't fit, like... That's like getting Topher Grace to be um, Venom. Oh, wait. That already happened? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't I don't get like I never got the casting. And the fact that they're trying to do another one, it was like no one gave it a good review. People just watched it. Yeah, people just wanted to go see it. Yeah. A lot I mean people go I see mean, a lot. I mean at of least movies. DC said, Hey, do we have something with the Suicide Squad. We mm-hmm. don't know what it is, but we'll just go back to the drawing board. Now is Suicide Squad a a better movie than Venom or yeah yeah really yeah i like tom hardy but i didn't like him in this role and the only saving grace was venom looking very venom like okay even the voice of venom kind of bothered me a little bit it sounded like i don't don't know if this is weird but kind of sounded like a british guy trying to be tough but like i could overlook all that because at least venom was venom but Mm. then they also got into like his origin and then, it I don't know, I think that kind of ruined it. Because they talked about like where he came from. Oh, and why? that there was multiple Venom thingies. Symbiotes? Symbiotes? No. How do they say it again? Because for some reason they pronounce it symbiote, right? Something like that. Like symbiote. Right? Yeah. Um, they gave an origin in the movie of like where they kind of come from. And I guess that's why you, that's why you could assume that. Ven or Carnage is gonna be here and all that. I don't know. It's really like, huh? Like it just, it just was a, it was a big old like mush of just like, okayness. And it would have been fine if it was a one off, just like that Fantastic Four movie they did a few years ago. Mm. That like tried to look at it, like try to do like a different thing with it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that movie wasn't great, but at least they did something. It didn't work, but. Now that's in its own little universe, and that's that's cool. Doctor Doom looked fucking bad as fuck, so 
that was pretty tight. At least they had that. Now it's a Woody Harrelson carnage, and then um, trying to put Peter Parker into this whole thing. Yeah, because I'm still, they're still not sure, right? Because like, at, at, I was gonna say Ed Hardy, Tom Hardy. I guess he had posted something on Instagram, like saying for him to face Spider-Man or something, but he like took it down right away. And it's like, so wait, are they gonna try and connect it to the MCU Spider-Man? Which I, I think we've talked on here before about like how they probably shouldn't do that. Because with Morbius, I don't know, everyone's like freaking out about that one too, remember? Where they're like, oh wait, but that Spider-Man suit is from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It's not actually like Spider-Man from Homecoming Spider-Man. But it has Adri- or it has the Vulture in it, who's actually from the movie. Yeah. So it's like, it's really fucking confusing. It, like... In that sense, it's almost like, hey, at least they are trying to do this multi-universe thing. Yeah. But don't fuck with the Spider-Man that we got already. Yeah. Like, that Spider-Man is good. Yeah. And he deserves to be in this Marvel Universe because what they're doing is far greater than what Sony's trying to do. But, like, if they just turn all this shit into cartoons, it'd be fucking awesome. Like... I wouldn't complain because it's like, hey, at least that makes a lot of sense, right? Uh-huh. It's it's one of those things where even if it's like a joke thing, it's like, yeah, cool. You're tying in the Sam Raimi thing and, you know, you're tying in this and that. But it's like, but when you physically are trying to say like, hey, see, it's the same character in the movie. Then it makes you think like, so you're trying to bring Peter Parker, the Peter Parker that we know from the MCU into this. But we shouldn't, like, at all. But, I mean, also, I'm thinking if they do, like, the saving grace of this could be is that they do say there is a spider universe, but they use, like, the alternate universe to where, yes, that is the vulture, but this Spider-Man is, like, uh, you know, it's not um, Tom Holland. If they did something like that, then I'd be a little bit less, like, hateful in this movie. They are tying it in, but also not tying it in, you know? Like, we've seen with Spider-Man, was it So Far From Home? At the end of that, we see Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. JJJ. Yeah. And he's still himself from the original Spider-Man, but he's not the paper producer whatever guy he's like an infowars type of alex jones thing which is very fitting so it's like a tie into that universe but also opening up this multi-universe theory but still keeping this spider-man and this thing and it's separate you you know what i mean i don't know it i just don't want it and they're trying to give it to me and I know people out there and be like, oh, but it would be so cool. And it's like, but it wasn't cool the first time. And I very, very, very doubt it's going to be any cooler the second time. They got Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Um, so, I don't know. I just... Please don't fuck with the MCU Spider-Man. Yeah. Please. That's all I'm asking. <clears throat> Assessing NBC Universal's new 
Peacock streaming service after the first day is akin to gauging a marathon runner after its first mile. Everything is fine, a solid start with no stalls or stumbles, but there are many, many miles to go. Um, so Peacock began rolling out last week um, on Comcast Infinity Flex devices as a free ad-supported uh, service for NBC shows. So like 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Universal movies like Meet the Parents, Jurassic Park, news, sports, kids, and Latinx programming because they have to d differentiate that from everything else. Peacock will deploy more than 20 million Infinity Flex and Infinity X1 households over the next few weeks and will launch nationally July 15th on mobile devices, smart TVs, and online. Comcast Internet and TV households get the free tier of 7,500 hours of catalog content plus a premium tier of an additional 7,500 um, hours. Uh, next day episodes of NBC shows and exclusive Peacock originals. No charge and can upgrade to ad-free for $5 a month. They're, I, I, so are they taking it? I think they're taking everything off of Hulu, right? Basically, that's what they're saying. But I don't know. I mean, we saw already that some of these contracts are still going through with content being shared. Mm. Well, I think I read somewhere where it's like, I think they're waiting to, yeah, kind of get those ends of their contracts. And then eventually, like, this will be the only place you get to watch The Office. Here's the thing. Is we're very sour on the idea that everyone wants to break off and be their own thing but we get it we live in this capitalistic society where everyone has to earn their own money even yeah. though it's not their own money well, see i don't think i was i wasn't mad with disney did it because it makes sense for disney because they're so big right they have so much to offer but when it's like somebody like when it's C like with CBS, mm -hmm. I get upset with that because it's like, what besides Star Trek and Twilight Zone, what what do you have that I would want to pay to for me to watch that? It just it just sucks that that's where we're headed because we talked about before, but isn't that why we got cable so we can do all this shit yeah. in one? But it's also hard to hate because it's more content. And we love yeah. content. Obviously, we That's love true. content. So it's on. It, it's like this weird middle of like, I don't give a shit. But then again, I could give a shit if the right thing comes up. It's kind of like with, uh, with Quibi. Like, I'll give it a try. I keep saying it. I probably should try now. But I know. <laughs> I give it a try, sure. But I kind of don't care until... You put something like Reno 911 up there, like my, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Then it's like, oh, shit, huh? Well, maybe maybe I could you know, give it a try. You know, maybe I could. So, like I said, it's not, it's not the content. It's just the idea of that everyone needs to have their own personal streaming service that is only exclusive through that. That's what makes it feel like stupid now now i feel like this is why people bootleg things all the time and you know they still movies and tv shows because now this is getting ridiculous in order to enjoy 
a few things that you watch. Now you have to have like six different streaming services. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we always talk about this. Like we always talk about where streaming services are going and what what does this mean and how, how does this do? But but we said it once, we'll say it a million times. It's hard to really say because this is still in the beginning stages. Like if you thought that this is taking off to a whole new level, this is only the beginning. And it's hard to say like what's going to be good, what's going to be bad, if it's going to fail or if it's going to be the greatest thing because we don't know. Like honestly, it's probably going to be like two, three years before we fully understand what's going to happen. We said it before with Movie Pass, oh where we God. didn't know what was going to go on because the idea that people want to go to the movies existed, and that when something so unbelievable like unlimited movies for ten dollars a month gets so many people riled up, it makes you feel like so it's not the movie experience that are that's curving people to go to the movies it's the actual expense we talked about movie theaters doing their own or whatever and we saw it with amc we saw it with regal um well um cinemark cinemark so with that it took a while for us to you know to get to this point where it's like yeah people are interested in it but like to what extent yeah and And this is the same thing like you don't know how people are going to treat these things because we don't know how diehard Disney fans are going to be. I can't wait till like we're past the streaming like wars because this because it, it feels like this is like a, our format war, right? This is the new format war where it was Betamax versus um, VHS. Remember when it was DVD versus Blu-ray, or actually Blu-ray versus HD DVDs, and then Blu-ray ended up winning. Because I feel like once, yeah, once we get past this, some some are gonna fall off or probably merge with others. I feel like this and CBS might just end up merging with like Hulu, and then we get it all on Hulu. And then, but see, then the thing is, like Hulu was doing, where it's like has different passes to like HBO and and Showtime. It's like it, it's already doing that b- bundling thing that is basically cable, which is what we were trying to get away uh, get away from. And it's like. We've talked about this multiple times before, but I we that's what we think, right? It's going to lead to cable again, but it's just instead of calling it cable, we're going to call it streaming, and we're going to be mad because there's going to be hundreds of channels and nothing to watch. Yeah, this is just us figuring out where this is going, uh, and the yeah the idea of people merging or you know selling this to this or that to that, it's probably going to be the future. So I will say that it's going to be interesting to see what else comes. Like, honestly, can't wait to come back to this next year when they, when, um, MT, MTV, they're going to have their own. Oh my God. It's going to be nothing but catfish. Actually, you know what? I might watch that. Yeah, I might watch that, but we'll have to wait to see. It's my husband. He's gone missing. Missing? I'm terribly worried. It's just Fred's never been gone this long before. How long has he been missing? Since the funeral. Well, I can start right away. You're a private investigator? 
My profession is very complicated, okay? It's nuanced. That is a lot of, that's a lot of blood. You beat people up and charge money? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? How much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet? What? How much you got? 30 bucks? That's good. This conversation no is over. The mob is trying to spread its operation to Los Angeles. Somehow, my daughter Amelia is involved. Please, find her. You seen this girl? Who's in it for me? Oh, we can do this the easy way. Ow! We're currently doing it the easy way. Whatever happened to offering me 20 bucks? It's the recession. This is a high-profile case. Made the newspapers. Where is Amelia? What the hell's going on? Oh, you know, there's a guy coming to kill us. That kind of crap. Hey, can you behave like a professional? I'm sorry. She's in danger, man. We have to do something about it. She's dead. She's not dead. She's dead. She's not dead. Why do you think everyone involved with this case was dying? not you. You're not a murderer. You just killed three people. I know, but I'm saying deep down. Look, if you come in here, you beat up on me. It's part of the job. I accept it. But what did you do? You pissed me off. Before we go solving the crime of the century, let's deal with the rotting corpse. We got a plan. Run. The Nice Guys is a 2016 American neo-noir black comedy crime film directed by Shane Black, and written by Black and Anthony Bagarazzi. In 1977, Los Angeles, a young boy named Bobby admires a magazine centerfold of porn star Misty Mountain. When Misty herself crashes her car through the boy's house and is found dead afterwards. Down on his luck, private eye, Holland March, played by Ryan Gosling, is hired by Misty's aunt, who claims to have seen her niece still alive. March's investigation leads him to Amelia Kuttner, played by Margaret Qualey, an associate of Missy's who later pays enforcer Jackson Healy, played by Russell Crowe, to scare March away. Healy barges into March's house and breaks his arm before leaving. Healy is interrogated by two thugs, Blueface and Older Guy, about Amelia's whereabouts. Healy wards them off with a shotgun and teams up with a reluctant March to find Amelia first. March and Healy question Amelia's anti-pollution protest group and meet Chet who brings them to a burnt-down house of Amelia's boyfriend, Dean, who died in the fire. They learn that Amelia and Dean were working with Misty on an experimental film combining pornography and investigative journalism called How Do You Like My Car, Big Boy? The two infiltrate a party in search of the film financier, Sid Shattuck. Healy discovers the film is missing, while drunken March finds Shattuck dead and unknowingly crosses paths with Amelia. March's daughter, Holly, played by Angry Rice, having snuck along to the party, manages to stop Blueface from killing Amelia. Blueface is struck in a hit and run, and Amelia flees. 
Healy subdues the older guy and finds Blueface dying, who tells Healy his boss has dispatched a hitman named John Boy to kill Amelia, March, and all other witnesses. Healy discreetly strangles Blueface to death. March and Healy are met by Amelia's mother, Judith Kuttner, played by Kim Basinger, a high-ranking official in the United States Department of Justice, who claims Amelia is delusional and believes Judith wants her dead. Judith hires a duo to find her daughter. Marge and Healy make their way to an airport hotel where Amelia is meeting with distributors for the film. John Boy has arrived ahead of them. They witness the businessmen being slaughtered and hastily retreat, only for Amelia to land on their car and shoot at them, knocking herself unconscious. They take her to March's house where she reveals that her mother is in the pocket of a cabal of Detroit automakers. After uncovering evidence that they suppressed the catalytic converter, which regulates exhaust emissions, Amelia created the film to expose their collusion, and her mother has had everyone connected to the film killed. Judith and her assistant, Tally, arrange for March and Haley to deliver a briefcase of $100,000. March tells her they have found Amelia. When March falls asleep while driving and crashes the car, the briefcase flies open to reveal shredded news magazines. The delivery wasn't a diversion to leave Amelia unprotected. John Boy arrives at March's house disguised as a family doctor, attacking Holly and engaging in a shootout with March and Healy before evading the police. Amelia flees the house only to be killed by John Boy when she unwittingly flags down the car. March and Healy try to bring the matter to court but have no evidence. At Missy's house, they discover the nearsighted Mrs. Glenn only saw projected footage of her niece, the missing film. They realize that Chet is the projectionist for the Los Angeles Auto Show and will try to screen the film. At the Auto Show, Healy and March are intercepted at gunpoint by Tally, who is distracted by Holly and knocked unconscious. Healy finds Chet, who has spliced the film into the Auto Show presentation. The film plays to the entire Auto Show, implicating the auto executives. On the roof, March struggles with the older guy, who falls to his death while March lands in the pole. Holly stops Tally from reaching the film. Healy overpowers John Boy, but spares his life at Holly's behest, and March secures the film from the thugs sent by the auto executives. Judith is arrested, but insists she did not want Amelia killed, and that what is good for Detroit is good for America. While Healy and March continue working together as private eyes, naming their agency the Nice Guys. The Nice Guys, a movie about guys who aren't as nice as the movie says they are. Mm. But they're they're nicer than other guys. Then the movie should be called Nicer Than Other Guys, Guys. Hmm. So what do you think? So I... Completely forgot that this movie came out in 2016. And I was like, oh, this, I'll go see it eventually, right? And I never did. But I kept hearing, like, people talk about it and they'd always be like, oh, it's so good. It's, like, it's so funny. It's it's one of the best movies of 2016, this and that. And I put it on my, like, I was like, I can't wait to watch this. I couldn't find it anywhere. Finally, it was on HBO. Because I, I don't it's not been on any i've looked before it hasn't been anywhere for me to to watch it so when it finally came around i was like oh shoot let me watch this and i think it's pretty good i think people made it hyped it up a little bit more back in 2016 
maybe if I saw it back then, I would be like, oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's good. I'm not saying it's, like, bad or anything. But it's just, like, I think people hyped it up just a little bit more than it should be. But, I mean, I like I said, like, Shane Black is really good. Like, he's a great writer and director. And I think he does a he did a good job with this because like it kind of feels like um kiss kiss bang bang a little bit which is another one he did but i do like uh, although like i do like the idea that he thought of this as like a tv series well he wanted to do a, i think a movie first then he was like hey this actually might work as a tv series because it kind of feels like it could right like it could lead into a tv show like of, of them yeah i don't know i didn't hate it as much as you i didn't even say i hated <clears throat> it but yeah, when I when I first watched it, I didn't really think much about it. I was just like, "Oh, it has people in there that I know." Yeah, why not? Um, and maybe it's because it also reminded me of the other guys. Yeah, that I was like, "Yeah, why not give it a shot?" And I don't know if I could say it's the funniest movie I've seen or just an okay movie, but I will say that I've seen it like four or five times already since it came out. So rewatchability has to do something with how good this movie is. I think I like the mystery too, like, cause it starts off with such a, like a bang of, of, a, of an opening. Cause you're like, it kind of reminds me of, um, like a Chinatown kind of ending too, where it's like, no matter what you do, like either person you sided with, it was going to be like bad. Yeah. Because if, you, cause if they sided with the mom, like, like she, she says she cared that the daughter died, but she didn't really care because her daughter was... <laughs> yeah. She sent that guy to kill her. Yeah. But then the daughter, too, was like... Margaret Qualley, like, this just goes to show that she's always, like, a really good actress. Even her, like... Yeah, yeah, she's trying to expose these people, but, even like, she just... She goes around, like, hanging around, like, like with the worst people ever. I just love when they go to the protest, too, and they're like, what are they protesting? Like, birds or something? It's like... No, it's because the the air... <laughs> <laughs> You're protesting air? No, the pollu- the pollution. But wouldn't the gas masks save you from the pollution? Did the guy's just like... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, like I said, I can't say it's the funniest movie I've seen of all time. <clears throat> but I will say that it's one of the more enjoyable movies I've seen in the last couple of years. I just, I think people online made it seem like... It was like, like oh this, like this is the like best movie up in the air. No, I well up in the air is okay. I don't think it needed to be nominated for best picture, but this this was a good one. Like I'm, I'm I should I wish I would have gone to see this when it came out. Um, but it, I I love that like they set it in like the seventies perfect I era. Think, yeah, it right. works perfectly for this because it's that that feeling like. Ryan Gosling's character is that kind of person in the 70s, like, see, look at what the world's coming to, and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. I don't want my daughter growing up. But he's, like, a really, like, nice dad. Like, I like that he's not, it's like, he could have easily been, like, a, like, oh, we're going through a divorce, and I have to take her, and he has to learn to, like, love his daughter and stuff. But I love that they cut that out. Like, that's not part of it. Like, he loves his daughter no matter what. Like, they, it could easily fall into, like, those dumb, like, trappings of, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, of like that trope. Yeah. Like, I think all that could be attributed to just good storytelling. Yeah. Because you're right. They could have easily took 
a lot of these smaller things that in movies they do and they make it this huge huge story arc and it's like yeah i guess we didn't really need that but this one you just kind of you get to the point yeah even because uh, there's a there's literally a greater mystery going on even um russell crowe's um whole thing about like his divorce like that's not even a big deal like it's a small thing that comes up just so you know about us hey just so you guys know like he's he went he was divorced i really like this movie like i said i I've watched it a ton of times. Uh, I think you're right. I think them being in that 70s era where things were changing works for this because you put it too far in the back, then you're getting it a little bit more too racist. You put it, you put it a little <laughs> bit more too far in the future and you're putting it more towards like this. I don't, I don't want to explain it. Where it's like in the late 80s, mid late 80s, going to the 90s. There was like an explosion of like, oh, this is the new, and I feel like the character would just would have been a little bit different because him being him being that type of father, I think would have seemed a little bit more problematic. Yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, sweet spot in the seventies. You got great actors, good story. You know, it's not a movie that lingers. No, you don't got to worry about you taking up too yeah. much time to. It- Get to certain points. I like movies like that where it doesn't feel too long, but they 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 they're just they're long enough. They don't like yeah they don't overstay their welcome. All in all, though, I I, I thought mm-hmm. it was a great movie. It's definitely a movie worth watching. If you like comedy, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's not the most like bust out laughing, but, no, but there, there are the, like, the comedy parts hit really hard. Yeah, like there's like little nuggets in there that are just like. Perfect. Yeah, like like I said, that one scene with the um, him punching the 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 door, the glass. That's one of my favorite comedy scenes, like ever. Or when just uh, that whole little that whole little thing was perfect. I would say go get go out of your way to see it. Yeah, because it is a pretty funny movie. And like I said, if you weren't in love with Ryan Gosling before, you'll definitely be in love after. Yeah, if you ever wanted to fight Russell Crowe before. He'll want to fight you now. <laughs> Movies back super hard. Watch it. Okay, so for this week, we're going to talk about where do we draw the line of criticism? Like, who, who, who counts for, for giving criticism? Because there's a lot of people who they stand on one side and they're like, well, we're going to play in our flag and, and we're, we're critics. So we get to be the end all be all of, of what we can, uh, what, what gets said and this and that. But there are people who are out there who have studied this stuff. They're not necessarily critics. They've studied this stuff. They, they know they could tell you like this. They could tell you that. But do they also have the, capacity to be the ones out there saying what is good and what isn't i mean there's casual viewers too i guess let's talk about that a little should anyone have the right to critique movies yeah basically yeah anyone i mean obviously anyone can have their own opinion about a film right no no one's ever gonna argue that well maybe that's the argument maybe there's a difference between opinion and critique 
Yeah. Because you can critique, you can really critique a movie like down mm-hmm. to the T. And even with what? it, like it won't change someone's perspective of a movie because no. the man, those explosions were pretty badass. But see, I think the problem is in critiquing is that sometimes people let their opinions overshadow the critique because there's times where some people will take take the rise of skywalker and they'll completely tear it down right but then they have they have a movie like a new hope and they'll for all the flaws that that movie had the rise of skywalker that a new hope has they'll forgive it they'll be like oh yeah but you can overlook this because see it's such a good movie but why does that given an excuse but then see what will you take that right you're saying exactly that but then would you value someone who can critique the movies and say well here's why rise of skywalker is better of them because of all this not only technical but the the way the script is and the storytelling and everything right as opposed to original or do you take a little bit like yourself, someone who grew up with the movies, and say, "Yeah, but I mean, Luke Skywalker." I think that's what it is. It's like they're letting their opinion overshadow the actual critique of it, and that's what has been going on for. I think that's what goes on in modern. That's that's film basically crit- YouTube. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I think that's also just yeah. Mo- I mean, that's what's become modern film critique is YouTube. Yeah, and people because, because there is I think there is a difference when you have someone say, "This is why, this is why I love the lighthouse," and they give you all these specific details of not only the costume design, the the storytelling, the the character development, the uh, hidden meanings and and certain shots and and characters and all this stuff, right? Someone could really explain every single thing about that. It could, they could tell you why, like, because of Robert Eggers does this like this, that this, this, and the movie does, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They can say all this and explain you why they love this movie. But then someone else could say, like, yeah, but, like, did you see Robert Pattinson in it? Like, he was not only super hot, but, like, he's pretty funny. And, like, I, that's why I really like the movie. And even though they're both on the same, the same line of yeah, this movie's really good. Like, who do you give more credence to? Because maybe this is the number one Ron Pattinson guy and tells you why this movie's so great. But this guy is actual like film student, yeah, critic guy who every single box that he loves to get checked off got checked off for the movie. But see, then there's also those people who they can be that guy who checks off all these things. But then at the end of the, the thing, he could be like, yeah, but see, I don't like surreal films. So I, I give this movie a two out of five. And so it's like, so it's like no matter what he, no, no matter if it like ran the gamp right, it was like it was the best cinematography he's ever seen, the best acting, the best lighting, the best um the best directing, the best, like, everything, right? But he's just like, well, but I don't like that it was, like, surreal. So I really don't like this movie. It's like, so can you t- can you trust their word on anything then? Because obviously they're letting their bias come in at a certain point. Do we need criticism then? 
I think we do. I think we discussed that before that we needed, right? Well, no, I think I think really it's I think this is this is really interesting because on one hand you're right. You can have someone who does all of this stuff and break it down and then but talk about yeah, exactly why he doesn't like the movie. But then you also have the YouTube quote unquote critics who do the same thing but emotionally where they'll say the lighthouse is done because it's in black and white and the only other black and white movie i saw was blah 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 and that was a stupid movie so that's already a mark for it and also robin Pattinson was in this movie and he was also in twilight and i hated that movie in high school so that's another mark and they'll literally keep going through the movie and more emotional standpoint and say why they hate the movie right yeah but then again, if you took those movies to, like, I mean, how many times have you seen, like, a like a Roger Ebert uh, review of a, a classic movie, and it's like, he hated this movie? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong he, with that? There's so many movies that he hated. And then you're like, did you just hate movies? Hate but but see, there are some that he really liked. Yeah. Like, huh. Wait, you like that one, though? I I don't know. It's It's interesting. I think... The reason why it's more intriguing now than it is ever is because the biggest criticism comes from online. Yeah. It is the YouTubers of the world. It is the the tweet tweet tweeters of the world. Yeah, and the Twitterers. Uh, I think it's the Twitter. fact that they Yeah, tw- the tw- twatters, right? Twatters. Um I think it's the fact yeah that they have this free platform to put their their ideas on, but the but I feel like it's it's also become a point where they just also want views. They also want people to be like, they want people to be upset so that they click on those video like because they intentionally put in their he- like headline like, why underwater doesn't make sense as an alien movie. And it's like, well, that's not what it was going for. That's it's it wasn't trying to be in and like an alien type movie it's just that these movies happen to fit into these like claustrophobic sci-fi films like that this specific genre that your your head just automatically goes to well i've seen aliens so that means that this movie's trying to be alien when it's like but there's multiple movies that it, it could be like that you're not thinking about and and for some reason you're you're putting this movie Alien on a pedestal to saying that, oh, well, I have to gauge everything by Alien standards. Yeah. It's like, but why why even do that? Like, why can't you just gauge it whether, did you ha- go in the movie, did, did it fulfill the purpose of the genre? Did it entertain you? When you came out of it, were you like, did you, were you still talking about it? And, and, and if you were, if it was, even if it was bad, like, isn't that something? It was engaging, right? It's, it made you like you're like a movie I I don't really like because of the ending was sinister. It got me to be like, oh well, I kind of want to write a, a story because this movie because it built up so well with the commercials and like even the movie itself built itself up to like let down in the end that I was like, oh, I want to make a movie to correct this. Well. One thing that we said last episode, and we always say, is we don't consider ourselves critics. We're just people who love movies and want to review them because a lot of people hate movies 
for a lot of dumb reasons. But the thing is, we also come from a background that we can actually understand and criticize these movies for what they really are. And sometimes we'll actually love a movie more because they did these more technical things that maybe some people wouldn't even pay attention to. You, uh, it, to you, it may, it may not seem like it's different between a handheld shot and a tracking shot, but that can make a difference of like, holy shit, like that's why this was so great because it f- made you feel this way. Or like a push-in, like that just was done so well. Yeah. Was it um, Hereditary, I think, zooms in? And I was like, yeah, see, it works for this because it's unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> see? And that's something that a lot of people may not even think about, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that some people won't even, even if they saw it, they wouldn't even think about like, oh, that was, that was pretty cool. Or like, oh, that's, oh, that's different? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if, if, sitting here talking about a zoom in versus a push in, people <clears throat> would be like, the can- isn't everything, they're moving towards the subject, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, but even with that, we still not we still try not to like put ourselves up to that that uh, level of, of critiquing because in the long run, even though we do love that, we still want to talk about how good the movie is. And yeah, some people who don't come from a film background may not care, and that's fine. But there is something to be said about loving and critiquing a movie for those technical. Um, um, parts of the movie as or like, well or like when a movie has like perfect lighting and you're like damn but see what i like too is pointing those things out so people like like my mom she's not going to notice those things but if i point it out to her she can see like just because that's the whole point of a per of a like perfect lighting is you're not noticing it that's what i think is good but it's not the only way no yeah yeah no 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 because see that's what i would want is for these hoity-toity stuffed up people to just to experience it the other way of just like, why can't you just go and watch a movie and be like, that was entertaining. Like, I didn't need to sit there and examine the movie. I could sit there and be like, you know what? Chips is hilarious. And yeah, I don't know. I just, you hear a lot about stuff like that, right? Of people having this the know-how or the willingness to say, oh, hey, I don't like this or I understand this. And people chime in and saying, well, actually, if you've never done this or never been here, blah, 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 then, you know, they'll try to overshadow other people, right? Um, you are you may be a professional in something, so you can have the say, but what if another guy has been studying your profession forever and then more so? So maybe he has the more say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it can go a lot of different ways, honestly. And I think that we're in this age right now where people could go on YouTube and you could type in uh, what we did the the nice guys. You could type in nice guys review, and you'll have hundreds, if not thousands, of people on there reviewing it. And you'll have people who say like, "Yeah, this movie was actually really bad because of X reason and X reason, X reason." And you have someone else to say, "This movie is one of the best comedies that have come out in the last three decades," and give you X reason, X reason, and sure. Maybe both of them don't know exactly what they're talking about. They're just like, I hate Ryan Gosling. And the other guy's like, I love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Who knows? But I will say just don't be afraid to give in to your own feelings. Because you may watch something and 
a hundred million times you've thought that you hated Kristen Stewart and you saw like a Charlie's Angels or Underwater and you came out of it and you're like, you know what? I actually really like that. Don't be afraid to say it. It's fine. It doesn't matter that you had this preconceived idea that she was a horrible actress. Then you saw her in something and it's like, oh, maybe she's not that bad anymore. Because a million people will tell you over, like, no, what is bad? It's always bad. Or Some people are more ridiculous than other people when it comes to film. I think they start doing this. They think they start doing this review stuff, right, on YouTube. And at first, they I think they have good intentions. But after a while, they start buying into their own, like, bullshit where they're like, well, I know what an A-plus rated movie looks like. And this is a, this is a C-minus. Honestly, I think what it comes down to is always take a bit of everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're listening to a reviewer who he's made movies for 20 years and went to film school and did all this cool stuff. No matter what he says, if he reviews a movie and he hates it and you're watching it and you like it, you don't have to change your view of like, you're right. I I don't. You know what? Maybe I don't like this movie. Or if. Yeah, Mr. Joe Blow hates every single movie and tells you why this movie sucks because that's his thing. And you're watching it and you're like, huh, yeah, that's kind of sucked. But you still enjoy the movie? You still enjoy the movie. Like, I think what it comes down to is that no matter what side are you on, there's always going to be someone saying something about a movie you don't like or how we view it or whatever, right? Because that's just how it is. No one's going to like every single thing. No one's going to, you know, all fall in line and say, yeah, I guess The Office was the best comedy of all time. That's not how things go, no matter how hard you think about it or doesn't make sense to you. Why? But French is hilarious. How come people don't like it? It's because there's a thing called the world and everyone's different. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just just don't be afraid to like what you like and don't be afraid to you know, speak your criticisms out if, if that's what you think. If you don't like a certain movie for a certain thing, that's fine. Go ahead and say it. Does that mean you're right? No. Does it mean you're wrong? No. But that's that's your view. That's how you take it. Um, I will say, though, if you do meet anyone who talks about Zack Snyder being the, one of the greatest directors of all time and how he made some of the best comic book movies of all time, they're obviously wrong. So it's okay to go ahead and make fun of them. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, just know that there's always going to be someone who says something you don't like. There is going to be someone who is going to be more insightful about things that you don't know. But doesn't mean that your feelings towards a certain movie or TV show should change. Because mm. no, in the long run, you're the one watching it. You're the one who knows if you're going to enjoy it or not. But yeah, we'll just end it right there and say... Thank you for listening. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yep. If you want to go ahead and follow us on any of your streaming services or like us on YouTube, uh, there's going to be a link in the show description. So check that out. You can follow us on our social at INTB underscore podcast for Instagram and Twitter. You can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, let us know. Um, do you specifically listen to reviewers to get your uh, your your views on what movies you should or shouldn't watch? 
Or do you even care? Yeah. Or um, did you see the nice guys? What do you think about it? Did you like it? Or yeah, you know that movie from four years ago? <laughs> you ever heard about it? Or is there any dreams that you guys want us to know about? Any nightmares? Ooh, especially nightmares. I like hearing about nightmares. Just let us know. We we like hearing all that stuff. Yeah. But until then, guys, don't forget we are in quarantine. Yes. Don't be the fucking prick who. Well, I'm actually going out of town, so it's okay that I'm out and about. No, that's no. Stay inside unless you have an essential job like I do. You're not supposed to be outside. I'm only outside because I go to work and I come home. That's it. That's literally it. Yeah. So, if you want to take your dog for a walk, sure. Yeah. If you want to stand outside and smoke a cigarette, fine. Okay. Don't be a fucking dickhead. Yeah. Or dumbass. Yeah. Or a piece of shit. Yeah. Or a libertarian. Oh, yeah. Or a libertarian. That's the worst. Just chill. We'll get through it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna end eventually, may- maybe. Maybe, but until then, guys, as always, remember it's not that bad, it's not.